Diamond in the Rough, the Anti-Diva, the Rapungi Rockstar, Caitlin Diamond. You can catch me at Sabotage Wrestling in Los Angeles on February the 18th. I can't wait. You are listening to the Atomic Podcast, where Ephraim blows up the news on a verbal scale. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman, and my guest today, finally, I have her out of out of thin air. She is the diamond in the rough. She's the Canadian destroyer. She is Caitlin Diamond. Caitlin, what's up? Not too much. I've never been introduced as the Canadian destroyer before. That's that's pretty excellent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean that I mean that would all do respect, of course. No, I know. I just don't want anyone to get the wrong idea and think that I can do Canadian destroyers in my matches because I totally can't. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You probably could if you tried. Have you ever tried to actually do the Canadian destroyer? No, of course not. <laughs> I could probably do it if I tried. You're right. Oh, so like, well, you have so many names, like what, you know, you have, you know, I call you the diamond in the rough and there's, you have like plenty of names, like what names do you like, or do you prefer to be called? Like any like catchy nicknames that people call you or fans call you? Um, yeah, I used to be called the anti-diva a lot, like a number of years ago before it kind of became like a cool thing that everyone calls themselves. Um, And, like, they've used that on WWE TV with a few different girls, so I kind of steer away from that one now. But um, going by the Rapungi Rockstar these days. Ah, I like that. I like that. Where where did you get that name from? Um, So in Japan, uh, I was doing karaoke with the girls at a party, and there were photographers there for the weekly pro wrestling magazine Uh so we got all our pictures taken singing karaoke it was a great time and then a week later my boss asked me if i would record vocals on a cd that they're recording for stardom which i thought was hilarious (laughs) um anyone who knows me knows i am a karaoke superstar and i'm actually like not to toot my own horn, but I'm pretty good. Like, <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, I'll sing." Uh, so I got to record a song in a legitimate recording studio in Tokyo, and uh, you know, just the nickname just came to me from a, a friend of mine who was out there wrestling as well, and he's like, "You're the Rapungi rock star. Like, you're a real life rock star." It's <laughs> like that. That has a nice ring to it. I'm gonna keep that one. Oh, what is your go-to karaoke song to sing? Oh, I have multiple go-to karaoke songs. Oh, man. That's hard to answer. Lately, it's been uh, What's Up by the Four Non-Blondes. I rock that one real good. <laughs> and what else? <laughs> uh, I also like doing Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. I like doing Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Anything with like a like a really raspy voice, yeah. I get right into that. Oh, do you do a little journey or um, a little bit of the Fat Boys or um, let me see what else? Uh, New Edition, Run DMC. Uh... 
Uh, I try not to be too cliche with my <laughs> choices. Uh, I'll only select songs that I know really, really well. So if, say, something goes wrong and, like, the lyrics are <laughs> fucked up, I don't look like an idiot because I had that happen before. A friend of mine convinced me, we've got to do this duet. And I'm like, I, I only know the chorus. And she's like, it's okay, the words are up there. You kind of know how it goes. Well... <laughs> It got botched, and it got botched really badly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> oh man, um, how is how is Japan out there? I don't remember there? what song that was. Well, you don't remember the song you said? Sorry. No, I said you don't remember the song. What the song was? Yeah, I can't remember what the song was. It was uh, wait a second, hold on, it's coming to me. Uh, damn, how's it go? It, it's a really popular song, but I only know the chorus to it. Wow, okay. Uh, damn it. No, it's okay. It's oh, okay. Wait, you know, yeah. from the window to the wall. That song? Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I don't know the name. That, that was the friggin' song she had me doing. <laughs> I only know that chorus part. So, like, when it came time to do the, <laughs> the actual, like, rapping and the thing got botched, I was just standing there looking at her like a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how is Japan? Like, how is it out there? It's the the weather's great. The food is good. Um, when I was there, it was winter, but it was okay. still like significantly warmer than Canadian winter, which I really appreciated. Uh, um, so it wasn't that cold at all. Uh, and the food, the food was like a lot for me to adjust to. I'm not a big seafood person. I do like um sushi, but I don't really like raw fish and. Stuff like that. So it was really hard for me to excel out there diet-wise. Um, so I just stuck to the most bland stuff I could get and survived, I guess would be a good word to put it. Ah, okay, okay. So um, you um, was born and raised in Canada, right? That is correct. Yeah, tell me about Canada because I I just recently moved to Wisconsin, so it's almost like when it's thirty degrees here, it's hot, you know. So I know it's even more colder in Canada. So um, tell me about Canada. How's Canada like? Um, yeah, I mean you're you're sort of close to the Canadian border, aren't you, in Wisconsin? Um, I'm I'm not too great with my you geography. Don't even know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just I just recently moved here like six months ago, but I'm not really too sure. I think I was more closer to Canada when I was in uh, New York, you know, for Niagara Falls and everything like that. So I'm not really. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, if you were in New York before, then you're definitely close. So I'm in Ontario, so I'm actually on the border of uh, New York State and Michigan State. Ah, okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's big. Canada's very, very, very big. And it's uh, very underpopulated in comparison to America. Um, it's beautiful. It's cold. Uh, but like in the summer, it's it's hot as hell. Yeah. You know, it just it depends what season it is. Our winters last longer and generally are colder than yours, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know. It's not that different from America. Like I spent um, 35 days in America in like one big chunk last yeah. year and it's it's pretty much the same to me like if you got kidnapped in the middle of the night and someone brought you across the border and then like they took the blindfold off you in the morning yeah. and you wouldn't know you weren't in america that's how i describe it 
<laughs> that's morbid yet <laughs> yet interesting. <laughs> I think about shit like this. Okay, I've had this conversation more than once. <laughs> wow. Oh man. Um. How? Um. What led you? Um. In well, I guess starting from like school first. Like, was you always like a wrestling fan when growing? When you know when you was growing up? Did you watch like WWE and WCW or? Um, yeah. Um, so I got into wrestling because I have an older brother who's five years older than me. Uh-huh. So he watched wrestling during like the height of the Attitude Era. Yeah. And uh, with him being my older brother, I just thought he was super cool and copied everything that he did. So when he got into wrestling, I just started liking wrestling too. Uh, and then like once that kind of ended, wrestling wasn't popular anymore for a good while Mm -hmm. uh so he stopped watching it and thought it was lame but at that point i was already too invested in it and i decided that my brother wasn't the coolest person in the world anymore so (laughs) i kept watching wrestling and i just never stopped Uh, what was it about um wrestling because it's it's weird because i I talk to different you know women and girls about this and then sometimes they like wrestling sometimes they don't like oh it's fake it's this this and that like I'm, i'm always attracted to what you know, pe- people like about, you know, wrestling, especially females. Like, what did you, what attracted you to it? Uh, the stories. The like, story. so wrestling is a story. Every match is a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially in like WWE, they have storylines that are very easy to follow. You know, they, they present you these amazing, like, um, what are they called? Like, hype video packages where they you know lay out the entire storyline for you if you're a new viewer mm-hmm. so like i wasn't old enough to stay up and watch monday night raw when i started liking wrestling but i could watch that saturday afternoon recap show where they would give you all the highlight videos and be like this is what happened this week yeah and to me like the the angles are what drew me in um when I first started watching wrestling, I was obsessed with Kane. Not because Kane is like a five-star catch-as-catch-can wrestler, but because Kane's storyline was so intriguing to me. Mm. So, um, definitely the characters and the angles is what drew me in. I've always been a fan of athletics and uh, and competition, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't why I loved wrestling. Mm. Was are um at that time was you an athlete at school? Like, did you did track and field, or did you did any kind of sporting activity? Sort of, yeah, sort of. I mean, uh, you could always call me an an underachiever in pretty much everything I've ever done, other than <laughs> wrestling. Um, I I was put in martial arts and karate when I was three years old, almost going on four, because I had all kinds of crazy energy and my parents needed me to get rid of it in a controlled That's... environment um actually did very well in karate uh i did karate for 10 or 11 years i had worked myself up to being a brown belt uh, which is the stage before black belt which is as high as you can go mm-hmm. and to become a black belt i had to be 18 which I wasn't at the time, and I didn't want to wait four years. The, my senseis basically told me, you're a black belt. We just can't give you a black belt because you're not 18. It's like a it's like a thing where you have to get like registered with the police if you're a black belt and stuff like that because you're considered a human weapon. 
blah, blah, blah. So um, I just said, you know what? I'm cool with that. In my mind, I am a black belt. And I stopped doing karate and then soon after that started going to wrestling. You see, I always, I always tell that to my wife because she says she wants to put like my five-year-old daughter in ballet. I'm like, no, I want her to take karate. I want her like to defend herself, you know, because you know, boys, you know how boys are, and you know, I just don't want her to be prissy like that. Um, do you, do you think that was a good thing that you was you got into karate at an early age that you did? Oh yeah, nobody messed with me, man. <laughs> and like the few that did, like they learned a hard lesson. <laughs> wow. They got embarrassed in front of the entire school, basically. Yeah. So it happened. I got tested very few times in school, and when it it happened, they regretted it. Wow. So you didn't take no shit from nobody, right? So if anybody tried to touch you funny, like you don't play that. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Okay. Um. And you know, that- a lot of people talk a big game and say, uh, and say like, oh yeah, you got a problem. Well, you know. After school, meet me by the flagpole. Well, <laughs> when someone would say that to me, I would literally, like, be so happy. I'd be like, yes, absolutely, I'll meet you there. And that kind of throws people off. Because, you know, when people throw a threat out there, uh, most of the time they're expecting it to be taken with, uh, like, a passive passive uh, response. Like, oh, no, no, no. Everything's cool, man. I don't want to fight you. <laughs> but I was just like, Yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you there. <laughs> um. So, how did um you find like a wrestling school to learn your trade at? Like, what did you do? Uh, I have a very unique story in that sense. Um, I was fourteen years old the first time I ever stepped in a ring. Wow! And I was always friends with um people who were older than I was. Everyone always told me I was very mature for my age. So I had a lot of friends um, before I was in high school who were in uh, their later stages of high school. Um, So somebody, a friend of mine who's now one of my roommates, she went to high school with a guy who wrestled. But he did like backyard wrestling, but it wasn't Oh, like that really, really stupid backyard wrestling where, like, people are hitting each other with chairs and trying to kill each other. It was more like just a bunch of guys who were emulating what they saw on TV and then just weren't trained properly. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> um, but they had a ring. They had their own ring. Like, there was a whole group of them. And they were involved heavily with their church. Um, so what they had done was they did a charity event for their church. Mm-hmm. and uh, did a charity wrestling event. Um, so we live in like a fairly small city. So the local newspaper picked up the story because it was a charity show and it was for church and it was wrestling. It was kind of unique. So a bunch of wrestlers who live in our area saw the newspaper, came to the event and, you know, talked to the guys after the show and said like, you guys aren't terrible. You guys you get it, but you just aren't trained properly so you should train um i didn't go to a formal school i had wrestlers who approached that group um which i was lucky to be involved in i didn't wrestle on the charity event that day but i you know worked out with them and rolled around a little bit i guess you could say um so we were actually approached by a guy named mike o'shea 
and uh, he trained us. So they already had a ring, and we just kind of set it up, and he came to us, and he trained us. Uh, and so, yeah, when people are like, oh, what school are you from? I don't have an answer for them, and then they think that sounds really sketchy, like I'm just <laughs> some 11-year veteran who's untrained or something, but uh, it's a long story. I always have to get into it, so I'm used to answering that one. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, did you did you have more of an appreciation for it actually being in the ring and being, you know, taught, like, the maneuvers and being taught the falls and everything? Oh, of course. Um, I always had an appreciation for it, even before I tried it officially like I knew it would be hard um I didn't realize how much work goes into it and I don't think anybody ever really does you your brain can easily grasp like okay so you've got to learn how to fall you've got to learn moves you've got to learn this this and that but I mean just the first few classes I remember it's just like oh your footwork and this is how many steps you're you should take when you're hitting the ropes and pivoting and just things your brain would never think about. You're just like overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, definitely, definitely always did have an appreciation for it, but even more so after doing it. Hmm. Um, how did you came up with your look, your design, you know, your, your clothing, like how, how, what was the evolution of Caitlin Diamond like? Like, how did you come about to finding who you are now? Um, that's a good question. Uh, when I first started having matches, I had no gear. I was like a kid. Um, so I just kind of made do with what I thought was the closest thing I could find in malls that kind of looked like gear. Like, I, I looked not good (laughs) but it was me (laughs) Mm um i'm still a teenager i didn't know what i was doing um and then you know as as time went on um i was just introduced to different people who make gear and i'm really like the least creative person (laughs) design wise you could imagine um when i was living in mexico i was training with another Canadian down there named Jennifer Blake mm-hmm. and uh, and Ty Valkyrie yeah. and uh, Jen and Taya came up with the design for my gear I believe wow um, they did sketches of it and they were like oh you could do this they they had a, a guy that they were going to to get gear made and uh, they gave it kind of like a Canadian look, but it, it was made in Mexico, so it ha- it also had a Mexican look to it. It's hard to explain, but um, so yeah, that that was neat. And then from there, I mean, I didn't end up going back to that guy. I just found a girl in Canada and said, "Okay, I just need gear, and I don't know what I want, so just come up with something." Yeah. <laughs> and she did. So there's not a whole lot to it. I was just like, people help me make me gear i don't know what i want i'm not picky (laughs) yeah you know what's so interesting about your gear is not like 
you know how when there's certain wrestlers that have gear, it's like sexy, it oozes sex appeal, it oozes anything, and your gear, it, it doesn't, you don't even think about that, you just, you know, it's like you're, they're just focused on you, and you know, they're focused on your wrestling ability, I'm not saying that people who wear sexy gear, that there's something wrong with that, but your gear doesn't ooze sexuality, you understand what I'm saying? Totally, I mean, it's long pants, and I mean, I know I have nice legs. Yeah. You can see kind of a little bit of my thighs. There's yeah. there's holes in them, and but that's like it's not it's not meant to be sexy. It's meant to just be like, yeah, I'm an athlete. I'm in yeah. shape. Like here is some of my skin for you to look at. But it's not presented in a like overtly sexual way because I mean that's when I walk down the street. That's not who I am. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I've always yeah. just tried to be myself. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's just, you know, it's just you. That's just you. You can tell from your persona. Like, you know, there's no, like, you know, G-string cut or, like, cut, like, you know, real thin or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's 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 your personality. If it's your personality, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, if, if girls um, feel comfortable wearing that stuff, all the power to them. Uh, I don't. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on women wrestling now, like from WWE, TNA, uh, Lucha Underground? you feel that women's wrestling has evolved to the apex where it's at now? Or do you see that there, there, there still needs to be women's, you know, there still needs more, you know, I guess hours in television to have more women's wrestling on TV? it's getting there like nothing just happens overnight so I'm happy with the progress that's been made in the last two or three years especially mm-hmm. um, I wish it would have happened a long time ago but it was worth the wait and uh, I'm really really happy about where it is now and especially where it's going because it's starting to look like you know finally looks aren't as much of a factor and you know mm-hmm. actual ability matters mm-hmm. so thank god for that yeah you know i you know i was just i was just like floored yes um yesterday watching smackdown because i seen delilah on tv i was like oh snap so it's really cool seeing her on tv like i know you put a picture of you and her what was your reaction when you saw her oh i i popped huge when i saw her because I was just watching it, because, I mean, I don't watch every week, but I, I try and watch most of the time if I'm not busy, and uh, it didn't even clue into me that they're in Texas. I know her and I have talked about doing extra work before, and uh, I knew that she had she had wrestled on Raw before before I had met her, um, so it didn't even clue into me that uh, they're in Texas. Oh, she's probably backstage. I wasn't even, like, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> when I saw her in the ring, I popped huge. I was like, yeah, it's my girl. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, I put myself over in a Facebook post immediately after <laughs> by posting a picture of the two of us together and just said, like, oh, yeah, you lost tonight. It's like you're going to lose at sabotage because, <laughs> you know, you can't let somebody else have a good moment without trying to put yourself over on them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole. It's okay. <laughs> um, yes, speaking of sabotage, I segue into this. Um, talk to me about sabotage and talk to me about Brian and Melissa. Um, how you got involved with that? Uh, it's cool. I've 
I've had them all, them and, and Holodead on Facebook for a while now, and I don't really know how they got there. It's just one day they were just there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we all, you know how that happens, like on Facebook, like all these people just show up and you don't even know how you know them, but you do? Yeah. Um, they must have added me when I was over in stardom because I know that uh, the Twisted Sisters had been in stardom like before I was there. And then I was in the group Oedo Tai and they were in the group Oedo Tai, so it makes sense. They were probably just following the promotion and were like, oh, who's this kid? Yeah. So they added me and uh, yeah, um, I was bothering cheerleader Melissa because I heard that she was supposed to be doing like a stardom usa show again like she had done the year before or she was involved with it i don't want to say she ran it or anything but um so it was bothering her about that and then uh i don't know i heard i just heard rumblings that like maybe it was gonna happen the second week of october or the first week of october and then other people saying oh i don't know maybe it's not even gonna happen at all and uh it was it was cool. Um, I was shooting the breeze one day, and, and Holodead was just messaging me and trying to look into like potential uh, companies in Canada and stuff like that. And uh, it was like a few days after that, she messaged me just saying, "Oh hey, you should message Mel about sabotage." And I was just like, "Huh? <laughs> What's that?" <laughs> so I did anyways, and then um, we. Uh, she called me and we, we talked about it and she was like, yeah, I'd love to have you. I was like, really? <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Okay. So worked it all out and I was, I was pumped once I knew it was happening and especially knowing I was going to get to work with uh, the Japanese girls. Like it was, it was an honor to be there and I'm glad to be going back. Yeah. Um, with sabotage is really cool because, you know, all the independent wrestlers, females are the focus. And I think we need a lot more of that. Um, how much of the wrestlers there you get along with and um, how, um, out of all of them, um, who you think is going to be like your toughest adversary? Um, I don't recall anyone there that I don't get along with. Um, there are some that I'm closer with than others just because I've, I've known them for a while. And then others, like I just met the first, for the first time, like, uh, like a Delilah and like Christy Janes. I didn't know them, but I kind of just got thrown into the mix with them because we were, we were rooming together. And after like 10, 15 minutes of knowing them, I was like, yeah, I love these girls. <laughs> <laughs> we just clicked really well. Um, Ray Lynn, I've always had like a very good rapport with. Um, and then like Mel and Holodead, I didn't technically didn't even know them, but like we got on great too as well. Um, I mean, I, I'd hate to leave anyone out. So I, I feel like I got along great with everybody. Well, <laughs> I don't think that Taya knew I was going to be there. Cause when I showed up, she, she was like, what? Like she had like blast from the past eyes. Cause she hadn't seen me since I was living in Mexico. And that was a long time ago. So, um, yeah, everyone's, everyone's really cool there. As far as who would be my toughest adversary, that's really, really hard to say. Their roster is so deep. Mm -hmm. I might need a 
a little time to, you know, scout everybody out before I can give you an accurate answer on that. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, what what would you do if you couldn't be in wrestling? I would jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I, maybe I'd be a rock star, but I, I would be something crazy. <laughs> um, have you had any regrets in life, um, Caitlin? No, I can't say that I have. Everything that I've done, whether it's it seemed like a mistake at the time, has led me to the path that I'm on now. So I'm extremely happy with everything that I've accomplished, all the sacrifices that I've made. I don't regret any of them for one second. All the relationships I've thrown down the drain, fuck them all. I'm happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so far, what's been your most memorable moment in wrestling? Um, I think, oh man, I don't know. Highlight for me, there's so many, but, um, my first match having, uh, at Corken Hall in mm -hmm. Japan, it was mm -hmm. my second week there. And, uh, we were, it was myself and Viper wrestling, um, Evie, who's now signed with WWE, and, uh, Kelly Skater, who's now retired. Uh, and, like, that was just such a huge moment for me. That was, like, you know, some people work their whole life and are amazing wrestlers and never get to have that moment. And, like, I just remember thinking to myself before I went out the curtain, like, you've arrived. This is your time. This is your moment. Just go out there and have the best time. Have you ever been injured in the ring as of yet? No. Um, actually, I kind of sort of hurt myself last weekend, but it wasn't, I mean, I can't give you a full diagnosis on that because I just don't go to the doctor. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was wrestling, uh, Phil Atlas and, um, I don't wrestle men very often. Uh, and usually when I wrestle women, I'm either like similar size or, or bigger than them. Rarely is is a, a woman's wrestler like you know way bigger than me but anyways i'm wrestling phil and he says yeah like, give me a head scissor takeover well i don't really do head scissor takeovers because i'm usually the base gotcha. <laughs> so i was like okay yeah i haven't done one in a couple of years i let him convince me it was a good idea anyways i did it and i landed really really awkwardly and uh i've never felt pain like that before in my life oh my god uh I was, I thought for sure I was paralyzed, but I jumped up to my feet. I was in front of my hometown, like fans, like my friends and, and, you know, just a whole bunch of people I knew, um, I popped up right away and, and got through the match fine. Um, but I'm still really sore. I can move like three quarters of my body with no problem, but my workouts have suffered and, you know, I'm just taking it easy one day at a time and, you know, pushing my body a little more every day. And I, I, I would say that I'm not injured. <laughs> the closest that I've been to legitimately injuring myself in a, in a match. Wow. Well, take care of yourself. You know, definitely check that out though. 
right. Um, what type of match do you enjoy most? You enjoy tag team singles? Um, I've always just been a singles wrestler. Um, but I mean, more recently, I've gotten into some some cool tag teams. So when I was tagging with Viper in Japan, um, we just gelled from the very beginning, like. Our first after our first match, like we had like the uh, the English reporters telling us like, you guys you guys gel so well together as a tag team. And her and I looked at each other like, really? <laughs> we didn't even talk about anything. We just kind of went out there and said like, we're a tag team now. <laughs> so it was weird that everybody felt we belonged together as a team. Um, so I really enjoyed tagging with her, and then uh, I really enjoyed tagging with with my friend Casey Spinelli, we call ourselves the international superstars. Mm. And basically that's just an excuse for the two of us to act like total clowns and, uh, entertain ourselves <laughs> and, uh, work the same match together. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, more recently I've enjoyed tag matches, but you know, throughout the course of my career, I've been a singles wrestler, like, 95% of the time, so I, I really like it all. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of feedback you get from your family? Do they Are they happy that you're wrestling, like, for this is your profession, or they get scared for you? Yeah, I mean, I don't really think they're happy about it. I think that my my family accepts it, because they know if they didn't that they would have major heat with me, and, like, I won't stand for it. Um, so my dad, my dad is like less understanding than my mom. My mom is scared of me doing it and she doesn't come to matches. She's only ever come to one of my matches. She hid the entire time and could barely watch and yada, yada, yada. But she's genuinely happy for me. She knows how happy I am doing it. She knows how passionate I am about it. Um, so she's as happy for me as she can possibly be. Uh, my dad, on the other hand, he's very traditional. He's very much like, okay, you know, you're broke, you're hungry, you're tired, your body hurts. Like, when are you going to give this up? And he just doesn't see the appeal in it that I do. So it's not like he's telling me to stop, but he just... I I feel that he's not as supportive as my mother is. That's all. Um, does it make it hard for you that he's not as supportive that way? Because you know, kids always want to do for their parents' approval, but then at a at hindsight, it's like you know, you're doing it because this is your passion. This is what you want to do. So, do you feel conf- conflicted sometimes that he doesn't approve? No. What I feel is um, slight amount of resentment towards him especially when I was younger it was we had a worse relationship because of this and like I was very bitter for a long time about it I still take little jabs at him pretty much every time we see each other where I'm just like venting my frustration that you know he wasn't cooler about it I can understand it from his point of view because I mean I'm sure, like, I don't have kids, and I, God forbid I ever do have any kids. <laughs> he he probably thought, like, okay, here, I've got this kid. She's going to have this great, amazing, um, well-structured life, and then this is going to be the plan, because he's very much a plan guy. And uh, I just kind of said, nope. 
<laughs> no thanks, not for me. So when your kid tells you, like, yeah, I know you have a college fund for me, but save your money because I don't want to waste it. Wow. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to get a, I don't want to further my education. I'd rather just be a wrestler. Like, that was probably a, a pretty tough pill for him to swallow. So, like, I kind of get it, but, and, and, you know, he has gotten better over the years. There has to be a certain point where you just see how happy your kid is, and you're like, okay, what I want for you doesn't matter as much as what you want for yourself. You're an adult, and you're getting by, so congratulations. Uh, that's beautiful because, you know, he pretty much learned to accept, you know, your passion and pretty much learn how to accept what you want to do in life as an adult. So um, I'm sure he'll come around slowly but surely. But, you know, it's kind of great that, you know, you're not, you know, conforming to the norm and you're doing what you want to do in life. So more kudos to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. No, not a problem. Um, in wrestling, um, there's people who are involved in relationships and people who are not. Uh, are you currently involved in, in a relationship with a wrestler or you're single or? I am single. Um, do you miss, um, I don't know, like you, when you see other people in relationships having like going to the movies, having a normal life or whatever. Well, what what's really normal anyway, but um, do you miss like companionship or anything? Um, no, because I mean, have plenty have plenty of companionship in my life have the most amazing friends in the world and it's not like there's not people out there i don't like and there's not people out there that don't like me but i just know how focused i am and right now a relationship doesn't fit with what i need to do mm -hmm. so i mean don't get me wrong, people ask me to be in relationships just about every day. <laughs> but uh, I, right now, it, it's not it's not what I need. So if that ever changes, uh, then I'm, I'm more than open to it for the right person. But um, right now, I'm just happy with where I'm at. Two more questions for you, Caitlin. Um, what is your um, favorite quote? Ooh, man, that's a, that's a head scratcher. Um, heard this one recently and it kind of applies to what I'm doing now because, uh, I was hired last month to be the head trainer at a new wrestling school that's opened in, in my city. Uh, it's called the Lucha Slam Training Center and it's in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. So, um, it was a, a Jeff Jarrett quote and he said, uh, to teach is to learn twice. And I just thought that was like a beautiful quote because I love teaching people. I love helping people learn. And at the same time, when I'm doing that, I'm also relearning. So what could be better than that? True. I always found the quote, always be yourself unless you can be a unicorn, then always be a unicorn. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that one wouldn't have come to my mind. So. <laughs> And um, my last question for you is, what would the Caitlyn of today tell the Caitlyn of yesterday? Like literally yesterday or like young Caitlyn? Young, Ka <laughs> young Caitlyn. <laughs> um, I think she would say, do exactly what you're doing. You know who you are. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Don't let people shit on you. 
um, be strong. Awesome, awesome. Kaylin, um, I know you have Sabotage coming up. Um, promote all your upcoming events you got coming up. Yeah, sure. So this Sunday on the 5th of February, I'm wrestling in Toronto for Death Proof. We've got a match for the Drunk Weight Championship, which I'm very excited about with John Greed. So that should be interesting. Uh, following following Saturday, I'll be in um, Winnipeg, well, the Winnipeg, Manitoba area. I'll be wrestling Katie Forbes for Canadian Wrestling Elite. So that'll be cool. First time matchup there. Uh, following weekend after that, I'm in Los Angeles for Sabotage, which I'm pumped about. Uh, and then after that, on the 20. 20- 26th, I can't remember if it's the 25th or 26th, the Sunday, or sorry, no, the Saturday, um, we're having a Lucha Slam training center show in Brantford, Ontario, uh, where we just, you know, promote the school and promote wrestling locally, so everybody should check us out. Kaylin, before I let you go, is there anything, any secrets you want to reveal, anything you want to let the people know about that you haven't said before, ever? secrets i'm a very open book um i guess what i would say is if you're listening to this you're obviously a fan of mine and you've endured listening to me talk about myself for at least half an hour Uh, so i thank you for that i i appreciate your support and i love each and every one of you guys out there and that was the beautiful, the lovely, the most talented superstar, the diamond in the rough, Caitlin Diamond. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks. Don't miss your chance to be a part of wrestling history when Sabotage Wrestling presents Hey Ladies, Saturday, February 18, 2017 at the UEW Arena, 926 Cleveland Avenue in Los Angeles. Doors open at 7, bell time is at 8. General mission tickets are $20.00. Front row tickets are $30 a piece. Don't miss your opportunity to see a 16-woman tournament to crown the first ever Sabotage champion. Participants include Heather Monroe, Delilah Doom, Kimmy Schoenhammer, and Caitlin Diamond, as well as special appearances by The Voice, Donovan Troy, and the one, the only, Thunder Rosa. For more on this show, follow them on Twitter at Sabotage2016, and check them out on Facebook at 2016 Sabotage Wrestling. And don't forget, Austin, Texas, May 13, 2017, Sabotage Wrestling is coming to you.